Hello, everybody. Great Monday morning. Welcome back to another Noodleberg Daily Huddle where we can kick the day into high drive and get it going for you. A great Monday. Monday means that Lori joins us. Could be Tuesday also, but recently <laughs> it's been Mondays. I got to tell you, I still have no frame of reference as to what day it is. Every All day. Back. Every day feels good. Every day feels busy. It was a great weekend. Um, I'm jumping right in and saying the highlight for me was having my Sunday dinner, which was amazing. I had the whole family together. Shay, please do me the honors. Look at that, man. We had uh, both both of my grandsons in the same place. Um, just uh, really, really super fun, super great food. Um I will tell you, I don't envy you because uh, Jules is a bull, baby. <laughs> yeah, Jules, uh, it was great. First of all, Anthony's Clam House, fantastic dinner um, in the neighborhood, you know. So anytime you can find places in Oakland Park that have great people and great food, it's just awesome. Um, so super excited to have been there for the first time and enjoyed that experience. But then, yeah, you know, Jules stole the show. And was walking around as the restaurant entertainment and was flirting with this little girl, Sky. And thank God her parents were, were you know, patient and understanding. And, you know, it's just hard. He's, he's not old enough to understand boundaries. And I had this conversation with Gabby last night. Like, dinner just probably isn't the thing to do with him. Because by the end of the day, he's so out there and there's just absolutely no kind of restraint i mean he was literally walking up to this girl Lori, and like poking her in the face and being like nose eyes and at one point he ripped her napkin off the table and her drink went in the air and this she's probably like six years old she caught the drink in the air unbelievably right we wound up uh, buying their their whole table dessert because jules was just (laughs) He was special last night. He was special. Oh. Um, I'm sure I missed those days of going out to dinner with Yeah, you know, it was nice because then they left and we had peace and quiet. It was (laughs) And then Uh, the tornado came in. One tornado left and another tornado. Holy moly. Wake up call. Um, But from, you know, even though we don't really talk sports when Lori is around, Yesterday was absolutely incredible tennis. It was a level you don't normally see five out, five plus hours of these banging it around, these guys banging it around. It was a, one game was 27 minutes. It was really incredible to watch. And so congratulations because the champ was dethroned. And sure. uh, Carlos Alcaraz, uh, Shay, show me what he did with his trophy. Well, Carlos, we love that you're here with us this morning. Can you show us the yeah, trophy what's, real what's quick to your, before you go? What's to your left? Yeah. Uh, that looks like something. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, what? wait, wait, wait. Don't drop it. Uh, no. <laughs> no oh, that's awesome. All right. I love it. I love, 20 years old. 20 years old and is now at the top of the tennis world. And uh, just super cool. I mean, I remi- it reminded me of... I don't know, must have been 15, 17 years ago when I happened to be getting my tires and car taken care of on an early Thursday morning or whatever it was. And I watched a young Rafael Nadal battle against Roger Federer and being like, who's this guy? Who's this guy playing Roger Federer? You know, and then, 
you know, I think Carlos Alcaraz obviously isn't a who is this guy. He's put his name out there for a little while now. You know, Jake has been talking about him for years as one of the great young talents in tennis. But I think he solidified himself as the top of the game right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I do want to point out, if you have not seen uh, the uh, interview afterwards, the utmost in class was, uh, you know, was, was exhibited, you know, from a guy who has basically won it all. And I just really, really loved his perspective, loved the way he embraced the moment, good or bad. And I would not want to be the next guy that plays him. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's, it sparked this idea of professionalism in my yes. mind, you know, yes. and I wrote about it this morning and I just, I think we don't talk about that topic enough. People throw the word, oh, I'm a professional because you have a job or because you have a career in every other industry in the world. The word professional brings a lot. It brings an expectation. It brings a level of sportsmanship. It brings a level of detail. Like it means something. And so I think you really saw professionalism yesterday from Novak because he just is. He, he understands how the game should be played, how it should be represented. And he did it really well. Uh, Lori, I'm assuming you did not see it. I did not see it, but I'm very proud that it was a Spaniard. That's where the class comes from. Whatever nationality, she just grabs it. She goes, I'm that. (laughs) I am. My family is. I know. Just a little Monday humor. Anyway, any uh, highlights from your weekend that you want to share? And by the way, I agree with Jonathan. I don't really like Novak either. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, but to see him represented the way he was. And he's played that role of the villain so well in the sport. And to see him not be a jerk after, to see him give Carlos the moment and to really not make it about him or anything like that was super cool. One uh, one final shout out. I had breakfast at Top Hat Saturday morning after my workout. These two guys come running up to me. I have no idea who they are. They knew me. Uh, So a shout out to Coleman and Grayson Crozier, who, uh, Mark, you know them. And Jake knows them really well. They were, they, they idolize you. They were young kids. Um, they were at, they were at St. Thomas high school when I was recruiting down here for Lafayette and I wanted them to come play at Lafayette. And, you know, it was, it was great to build the relationship with them. One of them ended up going to Lehigh. The, um, they ended up being at Florida with Jake. So like the bond between our family and theirs and they've, you know, they're growing up to be, outstanding young men. So uh, super cool to see them continuing to grow. And I love them because I met them when they were kids. And, you know, they, they had so much spark that you just see kids like that with potential. And it's cool to watch them grow. Agree, agree, agree. Shay, let's wake this thing up because when Lori's around, we're talking leadership. And we got some great conversation today.
right, all right, all right. So you guys know that I'm constantly looking for little videos that spark a conversation. Uh, this one is fantastic. Take it away. Champions do daily what everybody do occasionally. Everybody else does. You just do it daily. You're not extraordinary. You just do the ordinary extra. That's it. I love this topic. Well, what's funny, what's funny is that yesterday at mass, like the nugget that was real, that I really took away was, it was a mother Teresa quote that he used and it was do the little things with love. Right. And, and that that's really the difference is doing the details, doing the things that aren't extraordinary, but doing the small things consistently well are the things that lead to success. I, you know, I just think people get overwhelmed with, you know, I got to do all of this stuff. You got to really have three to five that you do great and you got to do them every day. I preach and preach consistency, but then you see a simple, a guy who's had great success, a guy who I really enjoy listening to in his broadcast career. Just, it's not, it's not extraordinary. It's just extra. I'm going to be with Eric Coram on Thursday on his podcast, and the topic is going to be centered around work ethic. But, like, that to me is, like, what what is work ethic or what are you focused on? And, like, you said three things. Like, to me, if you focused on preparing, being on time, and following up, just those three things, nothing else other than those three, you're almost guaranteed to be successful. It gets really hard to screw it up. If you just do those three things all of the time, no it's matter what that people don't do. Right. And right. They, they spend all their time blaming. So I'm going to jump right into motivational music. It's a great one because if you do all these three things or five things, you'll be all right. Do what you like. I promise you, you'll be singing that all day. So, I mean, the first thing I think of is Caddyshack, right? Ooh, and then yeah. when I was in North Carolina, when we were driving into the mountain, on the side of the road was a groundhog like or a gopher just sitting there, like, hanging out. And I was like, no way, it's the gopher. <laughs> like, I mean, they thought of Caddyshack. So Everybody good. else thought of it, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I figured, you know, you do – all you got to do is do the right things – and you'll be all right. I mean, it's pretty simple. So um, we're going to switch gears. We're going to um, one of my favorite podcast hosts is a guy named Michael Gervais. I remember, Mark, when you sent me the original one with Dak Shepard. Armchair and I was, expert. 
blown away by it. Like I, I got it and you go, dad, you got to listen to this. And it was a long podcast. Yeah, and I was right. in, I sent it to Lori. Lori has like 10 pages worth of notes. Well, he does a, he does an unbelievable <laughs> vice admirable, vice admiral, John Mustin. Here's a little taste of it. And then we're going to jump into how do you set the standard? You don't always get to pick everybody that you work with. But my expectation is we're starting from an opening salvo where I say, welcome to the team. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I greet everyone on my staff within the first week of their arrival. And I sit down with them and say, okay, you're coming to work in my manpower shop. Thrilled to see you. Your reputation precedes you. I've read your biography. I got a couple of questions about where you live and what are your interests. Just so you know, you're relieving a person who was the best in this job that I've ever seen. And my expectation is you're going to be better than him. And if that doesn't sound good to you, then now's the time to mention it to me because I can find you another job. But my hope is that you're going to fit in and you're going to pick up that baton and run fast. And then honestly, everyone says, I can't wait to contribute, sir. Yeah. Lori, the microphone is yours. You've been very quiet. Take it away. <laughs> uh, so, oh gosh, they, I, literally I have five pages of notes uh, from all, from the whole thing, but just to, to, to stick to what he just talked about, uh, and Gervais talks about um, support and challenge, right? And so he goes right towards the challenge, basically, right? He gives them a challenge. He gives them kind of a kind of an ultimatum, right? Um, whereas you know, Gervais talks about supporting them, encouraging them, right, before getting to that to that challenge. Um, but I think, you know, listen, I'm just going to say one thing. I think after listening to this video, this interview, which which was long, but so worth listening to, that in the military, right, leadership, it's different. It's the, the whole, if you listen to all the things he talked about, if we did more of that in business, Here we, go. Here we would be, I think we would be, right, further along. I'm not saying everything in the military is perfect. So, so that's, but, but he talks about, I mean, I picked up. Wait, seven wait, 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 Mark, I'm assuming you don't agree. Yeah. So I, I think we accept that. And that, that has been always my thing coming out of sports and coming into business. And you sent us the video of Dion the other day, right? You were all fired up and you were like, I wish I could do that in my office. You can. <laughs> You can choose to do that. And you then have to be willing to deal with the consequences that come along with that. But ultimately, you get to decide as the leader the standard you're going to set. He's not navigating that. He's not negotiating that. He's letting them know right up front, we expect the very best here. And if you are afraid of getting the very best out of yourself – I'm happy to help move you somewhere else, and that's okay. There's no hard feelings about it, but just know we're going to waste our time if you're afraid of that. Now, if you're willing to accept it, then I'll support you. Then I'll encourage you. Then I'll give you the resources you need to help you succeed. But I need you to answer the bell first before I give you the resources, which is most organizations have it reversed. They want to give the support without without deciding whether or not that person is willing to answer a higher calling, which you're wasting your time. 
but he's he's referring to people who all he like he said you can't pick everybody that works for you right right so he's referring to those people mm -hmm. um well but but let's go back a step because i totally agree with everything you said but that's how we need to hire they need to understand this is a high performing team high performing expectations high performing organization this mm -hmm. is what we expect if you want to accept this job yep. right He's talking about it when someone's in the job. I'm not suggesting that he's wrong. And I'm not saying, I wish I could do what Dion did. I wish I could say it like Dion did. <laughs> you like, could. Basically, you yeah, could. Like, you, know you and I both know. Great huddle. <laughs> yeah, you and I both know that in today's world, okay, it would not be taken, yep. right, in, in the context directness like that yeah. just does not yep. work to motivate thousand percent that's what i meant by that i wasn't saying what he said i absolutely but agree so with you. We here's the other part of this is somebody who's already in the job because i dealt with this every time i came to a new organization i had a roster full of kids that i didn't get to pick i was i was taking them i was you know bringing them into my world from the staff that had already been there and everybody in the organization had an opinion about them the training staff the cafeteria people the you know the the academic administrators everybody had opinions about these kids already and i always let them know up front listen you got a you got a clean slate with me i go you're going to start building your resume now but let me set the expectation for you on what i expect and then you have the opportunity to build your resume as somebody who can be that person that we're looking for, or you'll show me that you're not. Either way, it's going to be you're, you, you're going to be the one who decides, not everybody else around the organization. I think that's super important for leaders when they take over a team is to offer everybody the ability to answer the bell. You got to let them know what the standard is in order to be able to do that. So I can tell you, Mark. There are not, I don't know that there's anyone left at JA that was there eight years ago. Right, right. Because right. I am a different leader than yep. Melissa was. Melissa was amazing. So I, please don't take it the wrong way. Right. But my expectations, my, my, right, my goals uh, for the organization, my level of performance coming from the corporate world, maybe, or that's just who I am, right? DNA yeah. was very different, right? There was no complacency for me. Right. We're so, in a right. So I want to tell you, I don't think it's your DNA or it's the fact that you came from the corporate world. It's just what you're willing to accept as the standard. And that's what I think leaders and especially middle leaders, they start pointing the finger up the chain to the top of the organization and blaming all the problems on their team, on the organization. I look them dead in the eye and I go, bullshit. You can't control what they do, but you can control everything that you accept and tolerate within your team. And if you're not if you're not owning that, then you're not a leader. You can move on and find another role. So for years, when I would hire somebody, I think Lori's right that it does start in the very early, you know, like I was never desperate or I didn't want to be desperate to hire somebody. You know, you see somebody good, you get all jazzed, you're like, wow, this person could really make an impact. You know, setting that standard up front is so significant. But I did it in a way where I said, look. Do not wait for me to show you how to add value. 
You got to add value. That's what we're about here. And the minute you stop adding value, that's on you. And so what the, the Admiral did, which I liked, was he was just saying, here it is right up front, man. You're replacing somebody who was great. You got to be greater. And I think a lot of people shit in their pants when you hear that. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, like now what he didn't say, and this is where Gervais gets better, was here's the resources I'll give you to help you get there. Yeah. You know, so um, I think to Lori's point, it is two part. It's like we have a high functioning organization. But if you let me know the resources you need, we'll be there. But he also talks about what they can expect from him. Right. Yes. He lets this them know mandatory. up front. The Admiral said they know up front what they could expect from me. And here's what he said. Envision, enable, encourage. Yep. Right. That's what they can expect from him. Yeah. If you have everything you need to do this job, I've given you the tools. Why isn't it done? Yeah. Right. But he says these are the things you can expect from I, me. I've always, anytime we talk about setting expectations in leadership, I let everybody know it's not just about you setting the expectation for them on what they're supposed to do. It's got to be the inverse. And here's what you can expect from me. I, I'm going to be available to you between the hours of noon and two on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I'm going to be sure okay. that if there's a communication breakdown, I'm going to step in and do this. Here's what, And as soon as I'm not doing that, I expect you to hold me accountable to the expectation uh, just the way I'm holding you accountable to Steve, the expectation. did we just have this conversation in that room three days ago? Unbelievable. I said, Unbelievable I, I, right? I started by telling them that I, what I expected from them, right? That you, they are, our, we had this whole team meeting. They are the CEO of their program project, whatever it might be. Here's what, what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to control your expenses and your financials, right? Or you're going to have to make tough decisions. And I said to them very specifically, are you going to have a high performer on your team who has a sucky attitude? You're going to keep them? You're going to let them go? Or right. are you going to have a low performing person who's going to drag down the performance of the team? Or are you going to, are you going to, you know, make right. the cut, right? So we yep. talked about all these tough decisions they were going to have to make. The next conversation, which, you know, Steve and I were talking about at coaching the other day is they need to know what they can expect from me. Yep. Right. And so that'll be the next conversation. But, you know, so because we didn't want to mix apples and apples, but it's so important that they understand, as he said, enable them. But I would add one more E and that's empower them. Right. I mean, I think so, that comes from the encourage part of it, you know, but th- that again, like, and, and I, we had this conversation, one of our coaching calls, there was a middle leader who was like, well, I need more autonomy. I need to be empowered to have these. And like, I was, I wanted to be like, well, what else do you need? Like you're in the role, you have the access to the people. There's nobody creating barriers other than yourself. So the barriers you're creating in your mind and through what you think are there are not reality, right? It's actually something that you're making up that's keeping you from doing the thing that you should be responsible no, for and then in your how role. Do you, how do you find the balance between autonomy and accountability? That person wants autonomy, right. but do they want to be held accountable? Because often they want autonomy, but they don't right. want to be held accountable. 
Correct. Okay, so, well, they just don't want anybody looking up their ass. You know? right. so, so what's interesting, Lori, is you started out by saying the military is different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that I, a lot of the tools I use in my coaching and I've used in my career, the derivative came from the military, the DMO, daily marching orders. Why are they daily marching orders? Because there's no negotiation. It's like, hey, we're going to get up at 0700 hours and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's not like, well, maybe I will or maybe I don't really feel like it. That's bullshit. That comes from military discipline. If you can take that military discipline and put it on your own behaviors, I think it's the first step to success. And you got to live it. Like, so, so as soon as you have this conversation with your people and you're like, okay, here's the expectations for you. Here's what you can expect from me. If you do not live the standard that you expect from your organization, it's impossible for anybody else to buy into it and do it. Because even if they do and they become a high performer on your team, they are going to look at you and go, I would never stay here. It doesn't matter how much money you pay me. I got to find somebody who's going to push me and lead me in the same way that I'm leading myself now. So you got to look in the mirror too and be like, am I willing to do this and be the example for everybody, not just talk about it? You better not put out what they can expect from you if you're not ready to be held accountable, right? Exactly. Absolutely. But here's one thing that stood out to me in in the um, interview that's different, in my opinion, between corporate business and government. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen in some businesses, maybe in bigger, right? Continuous leadership development. Continuous. He talks about how every single level, right? You get to assistant manager, manager, director, right? Then you get to the C-level. At every different level of leadership, right? you got to add to your repertoire of skills, right? Some of your skills got to change. You got to go to Delta, right? From doing to delegating, right? And I know Mark Miller has a video out about that. At every level, they continue to offer and, and provide continuous leadership training. Yep. And I think that's where, as businesses, first of all, it's very expensive, right? Yep. So a lot of businesses yes, can't, can't afford <laughs> to do it, right? Yes, it is. It's yeah. extremely expensive. But it's about making a decision that we must invest, right? in our people and in their development. And that was one thing that stood out as a huge difference. And again, living it, Mark, we had a, you know, an offsite meeting on Friday. And the first thing he got in the car was, Hey, there's this leadership thing that I think we should all go through. So we're continuously learning, even though we're teaching. So it's a great point. What a great Monday, great concepts, do it every day set the standard, great music, great mindset. Great mindset leads to great behaviors. Let's rock and roll. Lori, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll have more fun, more music, more great stuff, because that's what you can expect from the Daily Huddle. If you love what you hear, what, Mark? Sign up for the newsletter. Have Have this great information dropped into your inbox a couple times a week and continue to learn and grow with us. Yep. Let's get out of business. I'm up, please don't worry about me I'm about to let my heart speak My friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business